here at the Impact Hub in Zurich to everyone who's on the audio live stream and I'm very happy to welcome you to today's Bearing Point talk. My name is Katharina Casanova. I'm a manager at the digital and strategy practice of Bearing Point Switzerland as well I'm the diversity lead of this practice. Therefore I'm very happy to be your moderator today and also I'm very pleased to introduce you to our three guests. We have Katrin Verli with us. She's the head of products and services at Credit Suisse. And with her team, she ensures the successful launch, delivery, and management of Credit Suisse's product banking suite. She held various leadership positions within Credit Suisse already. And before she joined there, she has been a strategy consultant at Boston Consulting Group. Then we have Remo Lütolf. He started his career at Landes and & Gear and & and joined ABB in 1999. Five years later, he took over as head of global business unit power electronics and medium voltage drives and worked in Baden as well as at ABB China in Shanghai. Between 2013 and mid-2018, he has been the country director of ABB Switzerland and the chairman of the executive board. Currently, he serves on the board of directors of various Swiss companies. And then our third guest is Yogesh Maheshwari. He has been active in multiple roles in the European market for over 20 years and has been responsible for delivering very large business transformation projects to Tata Consulting Services customers globally. He has rich experience in global account management and works with various customers all over the world mainly in North America, Europe, and India. In May 2018, he was appointed to be the Data Protection Officer for TCS Europe. A very warm welcome also from my side, and thanks a lot for being with us today. In today's world, a diverse, work, a diverse workplace is not just a tool to impress minority hires. Companies with a wide range of employees enjoy a broader skill set, they have various different points of views and experiences. To combine all of these skills, it give, gives diverse companies a powerful advantage over homogeneous ones when challenged with an ever-increasing complexity of their business environments. Unfortunately, the benefits of diversity are not always known to the employees as well as to the employers. Therefore, in today's talk, we will discuss how diversity can play an integral role on business success and why it is critical to an organization. Therefore, we already come to our first question. Remo, automation technology, banking, consulting, aviation industry, they are not known to be at the forefront of diversity. Can you share good examples how diversity affected your company in a positive way? Well, having been working with ABB for more than 20 years, I believe I was with a company which maybe is one of the most diversified companies in its sector in the world. And uh, ABB is not a typical German or American or whatever national company as some of our competitors are. But ABB was set up by the merger of already two 
strongly diversified companies some 25 years ago, almost 30 years ago. And this culture of a very diversified, at least geographical setup, has driven the development of our company over the past 20, 30 years. So um, this is not only that the company is widely diversified geographically, but it also means that in all the various countries we have a high degree of diversification. For instance, in Switzerland, we have more than 80 nationalities working amongst the 6,000 employees, and this gives a very nice mixture and, and breed of a diversified uh, culture. I think also given that we uh, have a very long heritage and uh, ABB was founded in Switzerland some 125 years ago, we also have a very nice mixture of older experienced employees as well as young talents. We are the preferred employer of engineering students in Switzerland, the most preferred employer. So there is a very nice mix also when it comes to the age, which I also believe is very important. The only thing we are really lacking is female talents. Okay. Katrin, how is it in banking? So I would say when I started in banking like 15 years ago, for me it was always or the companies in general, banking companies, are having a stereotype client in front of them. Usually it was male, like 40 to 50 years old, with an investment, investment needs. And what I saw evolving over the last years is that the broadness and diversity of the clients or the perception and, and awareness for the broadness and diversity of clients increased, which of course also neither required a more diverse answer to their needs which then requires a more diverse workforce to be able to cater for them. So what I saw involving over the, over the last years is really that the openness to recruit people from diverse backgrounds and diverse being gender-wise, from where they're coming from, but also the way of their thinking, cognitive diversity increased a lot versus when, when I started. And I think this is highly important to the solution we're offering to the clients as well. It's not just one standard solution, but really more individualized and more diverse in the way of approaching the client needs and what type of products they're offering, but also the way how they're offering that to them. Yogesh, he just told me in the morning that Tata Consulting has over 400,000 employees. Suppose it's quite diverse. Which challenges do you face with diversity? In terms of our setup, as you, as, as you mentioned, it's quite large. We have 400,000 plus employees across the globe. We operate in 50 countries. We have at least 157, at the last count, 157 nationalities working in the, in the organization. 38% of our workforce is women. So it's quite diversified. But the challenge is in terms of how do we change the mindset of the whole organization? Because diversity and is looked at certain parameters, that's fine, but that's not enough. It's how we do the inclusion, that is very important. Because just for the sake of diversity, we can all create numbers and give some parameters and be happy about it. But that doesn't give the value to the organization. Value to the organization is when the inclusion of thoughts, inclusion of innovation, inclusion of creativity, which comes, if it comes from the diversified workforce, our customers are diversified, so our workforce needs to be diversified, and we can give an innovative solution. So that's how we look at it, and that is our focus. But still, it's a long journey. We are not there yet, because we need to change the mindset of our led leaders, our managers, and see that everybody sees the value in it, this whole diversified workforce, and that's the journey we are on. When we're currently checking the news, we hear a lot about risks, tightening budgets, and all the companies. So how can diversity and inclusion be a 
priority for companies when the business has all these big issues to deal with? I believe it's basically a matter of mindset. Mm -hmm. You need to want it and uh, to put priority on diversity is not something which is extremely costly or, or difficult, but just put it on the agenda, pay a certain attention to it and try to find solutions for it. And of course, it's very much a matter of culture in the company. But if you already have a little bit the genes, for instance, of a truly globally set up company, then I think it's much easier to implement in these or to further develop these genes and the diversity in, in the different parts of the organization. I think it's also pretty much driven by the type of business you are in. Once you are in, a, in an extremely local business, then of course it's very difficult to drive, for instance, international diversity. Once you are in an international business, in a global business, dealing with customers from all over the world, for instance, in Switzerland, we do more than 80% of exports all over the world. And then it comes also a little bit with the business, with the customers. They come in and people travel and we get new colleagues, uh, we, we meet somewhere and so on. So it's a matter of mindset. You need to want it. And secondly, I also believe a supportive factor is the type of business you're in. And how does Credit Suisse prioritize diversity and inclusion? <laughs> very high. It's a very big topic. And I think especially in the situation you mentioned beforehand, if tightening budget, increased risk, etc., it becomes even more important. Um, if you have less people who can work, um, you have to bring the best out of them. And the best out of them meaning not if everyone is thinking the same way and acting the same way and approaching topics the same way, they always get the same answers. So you need to have a more diverse team to come up with more creative and, and fresh ideas um, to cater for the clients. So I think especially in this situation, it is even more important. But there's also the danger that as soon as it's getting even more and more pressure that you're falling back in your known habits and you're trying to do it as you did it over, as you ever did it. So you have to keep the focus on the topic and really, really ensuring that it is a priority and also regularly checking are you on the right way, do you need to adjust, etc. So this is, but I think it is an absolute prerequisite that you can be successful, especially in this environment. Yogesh, you mentioned diversity is a very high priority of Tata Consulting. So why is it good for the business and how do you actually calculate the return on investment when you run various diversity initiatives? The way we look at world, we call it VUCA. What does the VUCA stand for? It's volatile, it's uncertain, it's complex, and it's ambiguous. And in this world, we need to operate. That's what the market has given to us, to all of us who are global companies, as Remo said. And how do we work out the platform, the, the diversified workforce to create a solution? And how do we use technology? in terms of enabling the availability of thoughts, availability of different thoughts, how do we bring them, how do we crowdsource, how do we use social platform within the organization of 400,000 employees to bring the best value out of it. In terms of the return on investment, I think we don't look, as I mentioned earlier, as just a parameters that how much percentage, which part of diversity is. It is more in terms of, is our workforce engaging? Is it working together to deliver? How is our uh, deliverables to the customers are being perceived at and we look at is how is our we do a lot of surveys inside a lot of uh, social uh, platforms how is our employee satisfaction is going up 
how is our employee retention, which we are very proud of, it's the lowest in the industry. For us, that shows that people are willing to stay, work with us longer period of time because they find the work environment is fulfilling. And for us, that's the best return of investment because we are in a consulting and service organization. Knowledge and the talent is our asset and we want to keep it. And to make it happen, we give the opportunities to everybody to work in a different mindset and have an opinion and their opinions are heard. And that's for us the return on investment. Rema, how do you at ABB calculated the return on investment? Did you look at it or how did you calculate the return on investment on diversity? Do you calculate well, it? Well, it's, it's not a KPI we have in our reporting system, but in general, I think it shows up in successful projects. It starts with how you deal with your customers, how you acquire, how you convince a customer to be, to have common projects. It's also very much in the innovation area where we benefit from bringing in talents from all over the world, from the various specialties to define new solutions, state-of-the-art products and, and so on. And ultimately, I would say it's very much impacting on the uh, general satisfaction employees have. If they feel they are in a diverse environment which is supported by the company and no single whatever is dominating something, this inclusivity I think this drives employee satisfaction and, and therefore the underlying performance in, in general very much. It has been proven in various analyses that diverse management teams actually have 90% higher revenues which they generate. Also, diverse teams overall outperform the industry norms by 35%. So, Katrin, why do you believe so many organizations are still failing to improve their record on diversity? and especially in the senior management level? I think it's still very often seen as a nice to have, and although the figures are, should be very telling, but still, if they haven't experienced it themselves, I think they just see that, yes, it's, it's on vogue, we should have it right now, versus really deeply understanding and believing in it. I think this is one point which is also mainly driven by not having many role models in a lot of management positions. They don't experience it or we don't experience it, how it could be in a more diverse management team, how to act, what could be the outcome of it, etc. So I think that this is one aspect. And the other aspect, it's also, it's no one, there's no right way to do it. It's a lot about trying out what is working, what is not working. So it's finding, every company has to find um, its own way, what is diversity and exclusion, how to bring it to life. So it's a lot about courage to try out things but to make errors to adjust etc so it's a cumbersome process and as i said before and probably it's easier just to do it as we always did it i think this is really this courage and daring to do and try it and making it really your priority Raymond, what are your thoughts on that what do you think why do we still have so many issues with having diversity in the senior management level if i look the companies I'm working also now to work, for instance, uh, in, in another engineering company. The main challenge we really do have is the availability of female talents. And this, of course, starts very deeply back in, in the basic uh, education. There are only some 10-15% of uh, engineering students at ETH or other uh, universities, at least in, in Switzerland, are female. And so there is a, a high limitation of available talents and this then also is a really a limiting factor in bringing uh, diversity female talents into engineering. 
I'm, however, happy to see that there are some countries which really do better on that. For instance, in China, you have no problem to find a female engineer. I think it's also much better, for instance, in some Nordic countries. Eastern European countries have a more technical culture in the basic education or more emphasis on that. So it depends a little bit on the countries. And a solution for that is, for instance, that we then just bring in female talents from abroad to mix it up, for instance, with the space space. And this really helps. Then we basically have several benefits at once. You have culture mix, you have gender mix. And so to drive this gender problem with import, let me say, for Switzerland is quite a feasible solution, at least in our sector. Yogesh, what do you think? Why do we still have these issues at the senior level? Yeah, I think it's an it's issue of mindset at the leadership level because there are enough examples where the successful companies have gone diversified themselves. And as you have said, the statistics have shown the results have been given. So what is business to drive the results? And if the results are possible, why not? It's a question of walk the talk. A lot of, at the top level, they definitely put at, it as a tick box. Yes, I will diversify it in certain parameters. Yes, it is just a tick box. And don't make it the DNA of the organization. And unless you do that, you don't see the benefit. The larger audience, if you're, and if you're not transparent, we need to generate this culture of if one team is delivering the results and it is diversified, we have to publicize in the organization. Look, this is the team which has done faster, better, more innovative, more creative solution, which is appreciated by customer. And hence, here's the other team. If you are lacking, you, there is some reason behind it. So it's a culture of how do you make it a DNA. And that itself is a journey, as I mentioned, and it has focused, but the walk the talk is very important at the management level, at the leadership level. And then how do we make the middle management more accountable for that? How do we set up a platform, the policies, the procedures, where the more and more visibility comes into the play and the people realize that this is has to, there is an inherent benefit in this and and if it helps me as a manager in my team then of course i'll go for it but it's a matter of pushing it more not just calculating as a kpi for some report or some parameter it has to walk the talk so is the mindset actually the most significant barrier in your industry with diversity or do you have any others also I think the we ourselves in our industry per se is I consider situation slightly better because we are in the IT services and solutions, and at least from the Indian context, this is the first preference of the female employees because the environment is conducive and there is a possibility for flexible work over. There are a lot of flexibility which is possible in this industry, so we don't see the challenge of the availability of talent. I think it's more of a matter of how do we broaden and we want to look diversity uh, ratio of uh, gender but there are other dimensions of it. generation x y we have all the four generations our basic the mini the average age of our employees is 27 28 years so we have so many millennials how do we satisfy them how do we create the work environment they feel engaged because unless you do not do that you can't attract the talent in today's world and I think that is where our focus is. So, Rema, to what extent does the focus on diversity factors such as gender, race, age, distract actually from the core reason for wanting diversity, for example, the diversity of thought? 
Yeah, I believe it's really not fall in a certain trap and for just to look for a balance, a gender mix in an organization. I think ultimately the key is that you have a different mindset of the different thoughts from different directions and so on. So ultimately there is a purpose of this diversity. You, you want better results, a better mix of various inputs from various talents from all over the world, from uh, male and female, from uh, experienced elderly people and maybe youngsters coming from university. So ultimately it's the diversity of diversity which is important, which brings the real value. If you bring really the, the right mix of the <clears throat> all these cultural elements together and can then focus to have better solutions, uh, better work, uh, happier customers, whatever. So all this focus on diversity, Katrin, to what extent can this focus actually fuel stereotypes and how can it be avoided? So what I experience as I, of course, gender diversity is a big topic which accompanied me over, over my professional career. What it can lead to that if you are in this very homogeneous group, then you start feeling as a victim and you're blaming your environment, which is not really seeing your potential or not really letting you grow, etc. Which of course is part of the story, but it's also a lot about taking your fate in your own hand. So for me, it can start, you're really putting a culture around about these smaller groups where you don't feel like taking serious. And I think this is the danger behind it, because you're not the victim, you, you, cannot, you can really do something out of your life. I think this is the one thing. Um, so what to do against it, for me it's, it's not, talking diversity is not just talking in one group about diversity, it's talking about different constellations about diversity topic, what does it mean? The, what does diversity mean for my company? What does diversity mean for my team? And not just falling into the trap, is it gender, is it nationality, is it age, but as you said before, and it's the way you're thinking, the way how you're approaching topics, the, the way how your, your skill set is, is structured based on your experience. So regularly checking on what is diversity and on what instruments you have to encourage diversity and not falling into the trap of just discussing the topics in this very homogeneous group where you find each other very fast in the way how you're seeing, seeing the topic. But on the other hand, I also have to say that the focus we had over the last years on, on the gender diversity, I think this is for me is a very good start because you start to, or the company and, and teams start to reflect about the topics. It starts to become visible, it starts to become measurable. And for me, this is like a first step towards the real diversity. Uh, because you have to start somewhere and probably just starting all at once will be overwhelming. So why not start there and then progressing from there over time, but not stop there, just with the gender diversity as an example. And Katrin, which, which impact does diversity have on you on a personal level? <laughs> so maybe starting on the professional level. <laughs> It's fine. For me, it is a challenge also growing, myself growing as a manager of managing diverse teams and creating an inclusive um, working environment, to your point before, and just bringing diverse people and they're shy away from speaking up and telling what, what and they're bringing their ideas. I think then it's nothing will happen, but really how you create this inclusiveness and open culture so that people can really become creative and find their own ways, which I think is a constant challenge, which never, never really learned out. So I have to constantly learn on that. And then on a more personal level, I'm, I'm mom of three kids, two girls and one boy. It's also how do I raise them? Not falling into these gender cliches, which there, there are unconscious biases, also how I raise my, my girls, but really constantly, not fighting, but finding their own way 
of growing up and raising my kids in this, what you call it, the VUCA world, <laughs> and they're ready, yeah. ready to go out there and be themselves and really express themselves, become okay. themselves, what they want, not stick to their gender cliche at the end. Then we would like to open the floor for questions from the audience on site as well as from the audio live stream. So let's go with any questions on site first. Remo, you said, uh, we have been talking a lot about the corporate world now. So you said, just put it on the agenda and, and find ways to, to create diverse teams. I also think we need to put it more on the agenda of society because it is, it is very difficult still in, in Switzerland to have an easy way for childcare, for example. What do you think, how do we put it more on society's agenda? Yeah, I think you are right. It's, uh, we, we need to support from society. And in this regard, I believe, as we already heard before, Switzerland really could do more. It's not enough if we as corporations want something, but we, we need to support from, from society. And I do believe that there is a very long way to go and much more to be done. For instance, Catherine said regarding childcare and so on, that we allow that mothers can, can work and also have uh, responsible jobs and so on, and just part-time jobs. Yeah, it's on the other side, society is us. So it's also up to us not to drive it just on in our professional positions and in our corporations, but also that we drive it as a citizen, that we that we drive the political system, that we change certain things in politics, that we maybe elect the right people, uh, driving them this in, in the executive political positions and so on. So uh, I think it's very much also up to us to drive it through that and, and to bring the right people and the right proposals for votation and for uh, implementation. Yeah, my question is quite similar. Looking at the Nordic countries, I think it's fair to say that some of the changes have been accelerated by setting new legal structures and also actions by the government. So my first question would be, how does your company work together with the government or with the political sphere to drive these changes? And how do you see this responsibility for the business at all to interact with the government and the political uh, actors in, in this field? <laughs> well, maybe I can start with, with one example. Uh, ABB Switzerland does, uh, we, we, we have a very high emphasis on professional education, apprenticeships. So we have a pretty impressive uh, institution called LIPS in Baden, which also works in Zurich and some other places in Switzerland where we really drive the education, professional education of young talents. And, and we have a very special focus on bringing in female young talents uh, at the age of 15, 16 to take a technical profession in electronics, in informatics, in, uh, in, in design and so on. And I think we, we see that we can drive it. And, uh, and this starts with the selection, of course, of the talent. So we can have a positive impact, for instance, on selecting female apprentices versus maybe to do, to do differently. So uh, I think that's one example. We try to drive the change, the system, a little bit from the bottom. Similar example for, for, for Credit Suisse, it's acting as a role model. For example, having um, flexible or allowing or enabling flexible work structures, not just for female, also for male, for everyone who wants besides the professional career 
has something else, be, be children, be whatever activity should be led besides, um, besides just a professional career. So allowing flexible work models, being it um, working part-time and still being able to lead teams, but also be flexible. You don't have to be there from eight to five, but maybe from nine to four at some days and longer on other days. I think this is one way we're trying to be a role model. And also for long maternity leaves, but also paternity leaves are topics. So I think there's, it's more about being a role model and encouraging other companies to follow um, because people want to work and um, want to work in this type of environment. And especially, I mean, my experience is also for millennials, those types of flexibility and at the end also inclusiveness is key for selecting a company. So I would say it's more on a role model level that uh, Credit Suisse is living that topic. It's a little bit difficult for me to comment on the context of Switzerland. I've been living here for 10, 12 years, but we, I don't think we have a size or the visibility that we can impact the political system of Switzerland. But coming from India, what we have been doing is we have been engaging with the universities and with the various organizations in how in order to help the journey, the career path of particularly the female employees. And one of the challenge we also realized some years back, then many of our female very talented staff, when they go into marriage or then they have children, then they go away and then they find difficult to come back because the things have changed, their colleagues have gone up and so we have worked out a very specific programs. How do we bring them back? Because there's still a lot of knowledge, a lot of talent and how do we integrate them back so that they don't feel that they have been left out, the colleagues of few years back have gone ahead and they have not. So how do we fast track them? How do we train them back because the technology has changed in the last four or five years when they were away for taking care of the family. How do we fast track them? How do we enable them to get into the work stream as early as possible and, and consider themselves important part of the team and don't feel like being left out? So these are the things which we do, but it's difficult for me to comment on the context of Switzerland. But I do understand what my colleagues are saying it. And I think important is to drive that political debate and when that uh, there are in Bundesrat where there are ladies, then I'm sure they are more empowered to drive that. They should be driving it. Do we have any further questions? Do you as a leader have specific tools that you brought into your team to promote the inclusion, to encourage everybody to speak up, which you could share? Tools? I think it's more of the, also the mindset that you listen to what people have to say and you truly listen, not just because you think you have to, but really listen, trying to understand that when you're having discussion that everyone has an equal right to say something and being heard, kind of this to, to create inclusiveness. I think this is one specific point which helps to foster diversity. The other thing is when I recruit, for example, from my management team, but also within the teams that really looking at your talent pool you're recruiting from, trying to have as diverse talent pool as possible. So not just recruiting from the network, because usually in your network you have a very like-minded person with a, with a similar background, but they're really trying to explore other pipelines, be it, for example, other schools, universities, usually don't recruit from, but also trying to recruit from other companies, which are, not, for example, not banking, but outside of banking, just to bring in a, a different mindset into the companies, and to the company, which then, of course, also leads to more diversity, I think this is another point. And keeping the topic on the agenda. So talking about it, repeatedly talking about it, and also really trying to foster people coming up with different ideas. 
and, and daring to speak up, as we said before. And again, I think these are three things which I actively try to do. I don't know if you can, you can call it tools, but it's a way of approaching things, which I, in my experience helped to, to foster diversity. If I may add, one of the tools personally I've used is like mentorship. How do you, when you, when you get somebody in team, of course there'll be initially some kind of a odd things, people are not know what this person is bringing into the table, how do we evaluate, we have been doing this way like this, and if the new perspective is coming, how do we accept that? What we need to do is a mentor on the both the sides, on one-on-one -on -one or in a small group, that why this is important, what we are trying to achieve, and why, how do we show a big picture to the team, that by bringing this different talent, what is the ultimate objective of the manager or the leader is to deliver a business growth or business values or whatever, and how the different, so I think the mentorship in my view has worked very well, or what I have done many times is, whenever we have taken a, a person from different culture or a different nationality or a different gender to assign a, some kind of a one-on-one -on -one buddy who has been a person who has been in a company for the last 10, 15 years and he, he or she takes on the other person who has just joined the group or the company and then brings slowly into the culture of the whole team. The organi Every organization has its own culture for sure, whatever we say. And then how do we bring the other person views? How do we bring the other team around. So mentorship is the one thing which we have effectively used and we think it's, it works very helpful. I think it requires certain investment, but it gives the best results. A uh, very simple, I would say, rule or principle we practice in ABB Switzerland is uh, any job filling needs to be posted at least internally on the website or externally if we have a broader look. So it's not that just a boss can appoint somebody, okay, you fill in this position because I like you and so on. So it's always an open process. Every new position or if a position have to, has to be refilled is open to all the employees, at least internally, the global employee base of ABB, 145,000. Or if you even decide to go for external, then it's even open for all over the world. So everybody has a chance to apply for a job. This widens the opportunities by factors than just to select, I know this one, I, I, I want to have you in my team, period. I think what we have seen, diversity and inclusion is not only a politically correct word, a diverse workforce is actually making the company better, more efficient, more successful and also more profitable. But achieving this is actually quite difficult and I think what we all can agree on is that we shouldn't only stop at the hiring point to fulfill all the, all the data. So thank you very much for being with me today, Katrin, Remo and Jogesh. It has been a pleasure to discuss with you and also to the audience. We very much appreciate that you have been here also on the IDEO live stream. And I would actually like to invite you to our next BE talk. It takes place on the 28th of May. It's a Tuesday and the topic will be entrepreneurship and startups. Thank you very much, and I wish you a very good Friday and already a very nice weekend, even though it's raining. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.